the island that is silent now, but the ghosts still haunt the waves. As the least attentive observer of American politics will be wearily aware, US President Joe Biden considers himself extremely Irish. Talks about it a lot, quotes Seamus Heaney in speeches, and gave it both barrels last December when garlanding U2 with the Kennedy Center honors. My colleagues up in the United States Senate used to kid me because I was quoting Irish poets on the floor. They thought I did it because I was Irish. That's not the reason. I did it because they're the best poets in the world. <laughs> he has never quite rolled up a sleeve to reveal an arm wreathed in shamrock tattoos, but it would not be entirely surprising if he did. President Biden will be spending much of this week in Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, his itinerary apparently largely dictated by ancestral roots. He will visit Carlingford in County Louth and Ballina in County Mayo, from where the Bluets and the Finnegans, who became the Bidens, respectively hailed. In the latter settlement, Biden is due to be presented with a brick chiselled from a wall of the remnants of the home of his forebears. Oh, do Irish people love them back there. It's, it's, it's just going to be fabulous when he comes to Ireland. It's for the whole, like for the whole country and for the, for the town of Alnau, it will be serious. Biden is scarcely unique among his fellow Americans in not only claiming Irish ancestry, but flaunting it as a key signifier of his identity. Because so many Americans do this, roughly a tenth of the population by some estimates, so do many American politicians. But how Irish is President Biden? If we're being picky, not very. His nearest direct Irish ancestors are a couple of great-great-grandfathers who left Ireland as many people were forced to during the Great Famine of the 1840s and 1850s. To put that into some sort of perspective, this makes Biden approximately half the Irishman as the narrator of this explainer. And if I banged on about this distant connection with the frequency Biden does, people especially actual Irish people, might well conclude that I was some sort of posturing ninny. Honestly, it's one rule for foreign affairs podcast hosts and another for presidents of the United States. The first US president to visit Ireland was John F. Kennedy, whose claims on the title of Irishman were reasonably solid. All of his grandparents, though American-born, were children of Irish immigrants. Kennedy's visit to Ireland in 1963, including a pilgrimage to an ancestral home in County Wexford, was a colossal deal. When Air Force One landed at Dublin Airport, JFK was greeted by Ireland's interminably serving president, the former militia commander and veteran of the Easter Rising, Eamon de Valera, born in New York 80 years previously. The young Irish-American leader was welcomed by the old American-Irish one. Mr. President, I have thought it fitting that my first words of welcome to you should be in our native language, the language of your ancestors. Since then, the Fossick in family records for some connection to Ireland has become a rite of passage for American presidents. Richard Nixon visited the Quaker burial ground in County Kildare, which serves as the eternal repose for his maternal Millhouse family. 
Ronald Reagan visited Ballyporeen in County Tipperary, where one of his great-grandfathers had been born. Although, ironically, when first seeking the presidency in 1980, Reagan had hushed up his Irish roots for fear of irritating Conservative voters. It was only 20 years since Kennedy's Catholicism had been seen in some seething circles as a genuine election issue. Kennedy had felt it necessary to state starkly that he would not be taking instructions from the Pope. So it is apparently necessary for me to state once again, not what kind of church I believe in, for that should be important only to me, but what kind of America I believe in. I believe in an America where the separation of church and state is absolute, where no Catholic prelate would tell the president, should he be Catholic, how to act, and no Protestant minister would tell his parishioners for whom to vote. Bill Clinton was a repeat visitor, especially before and after the Good Friday Agreement, whose 25th anniversary is being commemorated this week. The Good Friday Agreement was indeed partially wrangled with American diplomatic muscle, but it is also arguable that the Northern Irish conflict the Good Friday Agreement was designed to end was prolonged, encouraged and or exacerbated by the sentimental indulgence of Irish Americans whose understanding of the Troubles was gleaned substantially from the greatest hits of the Wolf Tones. Clinton had no Irish ancestry to speak of, though this did not stop him speaking of it. I am proud to be of Ulster Scott's stock. I am proud to be also of Irish stock. I share these roots with millions and millions of Americans. Whose votes he would be seeking the following year. George W. Bush received, for a variety of reasons, a reception not comparable to that accorded to certain of his predecessors. And no doubt you will be welcomed by our political leaders. Unfortunately, the majority of our public do not welcome your visit because they're angry over Iraq, they're angry over Abu Ghraib. Are you bothered by what Irish people think? Listen, I, I, I hope the Irish people understand the great values of our country. Barack Obama did the pint of Guinness in a pub bit and visited Moneygall in County Offaly, birthplace of a maternal great-great-great-grandfather and still home to, apparently, an eighth cousin, though there has to be at least an even chance that anybody listening to this is an eighth cousin of Barack Obama or indeed of anybody else they can think of. Obama's visit prompted any number of headlines inserting an apostrophe between the O and B in his surname and the renaming of a nearby motorway services, now resplendent as Barack Obama Plaza. A hit song was composed in his honour. And he was, at least, upfront about the political uses of American Irishness. It turns out that uh, people take a lot of interest in you when you're running for president. They check out your place of birth. I do wish somebody had provided me all this evidence earlier because it would have come in handy back when I was first running in my hometown of Chicago. Because Chicago is the Irish capital of the Midwest. Donald Trump visited his own golf course. Depending on when you listen to this, Joe Biden is either about to trowel on the Irish shtick with abandon or has already done so. 
it probably can't do any harm, in general, or to his chances of re-election. But Ireland and the United States are no longer quite what they once were to each other. Ireland is not the country that was awestruck by Kennedy, the Irish writer Fintan O'Toole in his tremendous recent book We Don't Know Ourselves notes that JFK's arrival in 1963 coincided almost exactly with the unveiling of Ireland's first escalator. And American politics, especially American democratic politics, is no longer so completely enthralled to the Irish political machines which once dominated New York, Chicago, Boston and San Francisco. Nevertheless, it will be a while yet before anyone seeking the presidency of the United States does not engage genealogists desperately hoping to discover an Irish tombstone they can plausibly visit. For Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller.